Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the she in sheer. Sure. That's sure. 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 <laughs> sure. Is sheer. Do you do this thing? I just, I do. Sheer. Where if I say a word and I'm like, oh, that's a five letter word. I should try that on Wordle. <laughs> like it just hit me. I was like, I at have it. been noticing more five letter words lately. Yeah. Because uh-huh. when I first started playing Wordle, I was like, there are no five letter words. <laughs> there are none that exist. That's not a thing. But there are a lot. There are a lot. Um, So I had to go. Oh, my name is Summer Yeager. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to go for like a routine, you know, midwife appointment uh-huh. every day. And uh, of course, this thing always happens to me where they get out the little... uh. Doppler and they can never, oh. never find the heartbeat. Uh-huh. And you know, sometimes it's because there isn't one. So that's yeah. really fun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm at I'm at my midwife appointment and I was 14 weeks, so should have been able to pick something up. Uh-huh. And there I am. And I I always I think it's very interesting their choice to do that in the way they do. <sighs> so there I am. <laughs> Laying on the little couch, and there's my midwife bending over my stomach, jabbing me with this stick, yeah. trying to find the heartbeat, and we're not finding it. We're not finding it. I think I'm going to cry because she's poking this thing so hard into my right. midsection. And uh, they do have an ultrasound machine there, but it's like really, it's old and difficult to use uh-huh. and whatever. It's not real. It's for it's for emergency use only. Well, here I go back to the ultrasound machine again. Mm-hmm. She has to wait for the other midwife. So now I have both the midwives in there and they're like, we're going to find it. It's okay. Long story short, the heartbeat was difficult. They're, they did find the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. The heartbeat was difficult to find because he was in there doing sit-ups. He was oh, sitting. So he was moving. He was sitting up. Oh, he was like, he looked like a little gummy bear. Like, you know how normally like in the ultrasound, they're like laying on yeah. their, their back is uh-huh. down, like at this age anyway, yeah. the back is yeah. down, the face is facing up yeah. and that's, no, he, he was sitting up. This kid. I was like, he's he, already really setting himself apart. Chill out. Relax. You don't need to do sit-ups yet. It's just not even time. This may be your most intense child. I know. I'm terrified. And then I remember Eric telling me stories about his children being young and being like nine months old and climbing out of the crib and running around the house at nine months old. And I was like, no, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. we're not doing that. That is not how this is going to (laughs) go. So anyway, all that to say it was... It was horrible. It was a horrible experience. Totally just was like, well, already learning about him. Here we go again. (laughs) Glad we found the heartbeat. It was it was terrible. And then I went and ate tacos because I felt like I. Yeah, I always feel like earned it. (laughs) 
I always feel like the Doppler is <sighs> the Doppler. It's just a little bit. I don't know. I just feel like they're always like, "Don't worry." Yeah, it's, or it's not because we can't. And I'm like, "Why are you using this thing? If, yeah, if it's not good." <laughs> If I mean, it's, I get it. If it's I this difficult it. to find the heartbeat, I, why doing I it, just but. don't <laughs> want to. But it's just a little nerve wracking. Yeah. More, for, more so for some than others. You could um, put it that way. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all that to say, sometimes my stomach just randomly hurts. And I'm like, is he doing sit-ups again? Can he relax? It's probably. Can he probably him. please relax? He's probably scurrying around in there. <laughs> well, then, like break dancing. When I saw him on the really good ultrasound, he was literally like had his hands up like he was going to box. And he was just like bobbing his head like real intensely and like getting ready to box. And I was just like, are you serious? That's what you're feeling. The whole time he was just like doing this number with his hands like bald in front of his face, like ready to fight. It's so funny because your instinct is to be like. You're like my husband's kids. It came from his side, <laughs> yes. and it's like, oh, you you mean your family doesn't have any intense lines at all? No, no, <laughs> me. The most even keel, less the least intense people I know personally. Have you I ever mean... been around someone more laid back <laughs> than me? <laughs> yep, love it. Well, anyway. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah. The tacos were good. <laughs> I like good. celebratory tacos. What did you get? I... Tell me about your like best taco experience. Okay. I actually don't know what your taco thing Yeah. Is. Uh-huh. I know. Because we don't eat tacos because you are allergic to red onion. Right. And so we never. like places that. I red love red tacos. onion. Yes. Oh, yes. I know. It's all I eat it. I don't think I would hate it as much as I just can't hate that it gives me migraine headaches every time right. I eat it. Right. Um. So. Lately, all I have wanted is backyard taco. Oh, okay. And the first couple times I had it, I was like, this is good. But it, it didn't like, you know, it never like hit me as mm-hmm. like, mm, great taco. Mm-hmm. You know, I love a good greasy taco from Filiberto's. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Okay. Um, Love it. But then for whatever reason, I sent my husband one night at like 930 <laughs> to backyard taco. Uh-huh. The one right next to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I was like, this is the best. That's a pretty good place. It was so good. I mean, I, like, again, limited in my options a little bit. But yeah. everything I have had from there is Yeah, you can get it without anything on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, the steak is just bomb. And they have a that's, guacamole yeah. salsa that's bomb. And, uh, you know, the protein can't be the protein yeah. in a plate of just chicken and steak with some right. tiny tortillas. Liz. Right, an avocado basically an, yeah, on top of it. Yeah, so I pretty much could eat backyard taco about nine I'm o'clock a, every I'm night. I'm a seafood taco gal. Yeah, I which can't I know relate. you're not into. So where do you get the Baja? Where do you go? <laughs> I mean, California. Uh, in terms of just mainstream places, yeah. like Rubio's is really Rubio's, kind of one of your only okay. places that has like fish and shrimp tacos. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's other pl- there's a pl- there's a local place that's really good, but it's okay, called Blue Adobe. Oh, I've They're heard really of it. Good. Is it good? They have good everything, but they have good like seafood, Mexican food. Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> no, not your thing at all. <laughs> I don't understand why people eat seafood. I also don't understand why they eat it. Like, I can't imagine it with like a Mexican flavor. Ooh, so good. Oh. Lime, lime on top. Mm, yes. 
I was having bad stomach vibes. Now I'm really having like bad stomach vibes. Oh man. One time I posted this hilarious meme. Uh-huh. Where it was like just pointing out that like shrimp are the cockroaches of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like obviously open your eyeballs. And someone got really offended. I feel like there's a case <laughs> to be made there. But it was a hilarious meme. And I just think it's whatever. Anyway, this person got so offended and was like, I bet you eat pork. Like so mad. And then I was like, I hate pork. <laughs> Occasionally we'll eat some bacon. I eat pork and shrimp. I don't eat but, a lot of pork. Like I don't but work with pork. This girl is not making pork. Either way. Um, but I bet you eat pork. <laughs> wow. Don't you tell me I eat gross food. I bet you eat gross food. <laughs> yeah. This was for my like, okay, well now now that I know how you feel now that I know that you love shrimp and yeah. hate pork. <laughs> and you look like a grown man, but you're <laughs> not, not. Not all of us have to like the same things. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to tell my story. Let's just end the podcast here. <laughs> we've and said I, everything. We I don't mean. I don't mean this episode. I mean forever. Right. Because we've you said everything. You don't like shrimp and you don't like pork. It's so over. We cannot be friends. No. How could we possibly I'm a eat horrible tacos person. together? We could never eat. If you want to eat red shrimp onion, tacos, we'll be getting all over my tacos. I just sit here throwing <laughs> red onion at you the whole podcast. How's your head feel? <laughs> Destroyed by a red onion. Wow. Enjoy your shrimp. Anyway, you can leave us a voicemail. <laughs> Did you introduce- tell us what you hate? I don't think <laughs> tell you us inter- what you yeah. love. Actually, I prefer what you love. But <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of hearing all the things y'all hate. Um, we have decided to name our son Tubal Cain. So if you hate that, don't call in. And I have already ordered my first blacksmith teddy bear. So everything's fine. I ordered his first tools. <laughs> melting iron (laughs) i and hammer mallet what's the what are the tools called no one knows except for blacksmith it's a secret if you're a blacksmith please send us a voicemail and let us know what just about that how much will we laugh for the rest of our lives if he grow up grows up and becomes a blacksmith (laughs) it would just be like the best joke of all time (laughs) what if that's a sense of humor (laughs) like he went into a profession Honestly, knowing my husband, that totally would be my son's. Oh sense yeah, of that's humor. definitely from your husband's side <laughs> again. <laughs> I would never. Oh, well, oh no! Not I. <laughs> Me, please. That's all, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, you, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475 i don't know your name is joy i don't yeah. remember if we got there it doesn't matter yeah, i don't think we did uh <laughs> last week and this week are just we can you guys tell that we're just like letting off some steam right <laughs> <Yeah>. now <laughs> it's the character studies were a little intense um, it was and a then lot. we both picked really intense stories to cap it off with our true crimes. Um, I really was like, this biography, it's a great opportunity. And the next thing I know, I'm like, and then in Nazi Germany, they were sterilizing children. And I was like, what have and I everyone, done? And everyone was okay with it. And and it I was done? actually from California. <gasps> we just like to pretend it was the Nazis. Because it makes I us done? feel better. Yes. Anyway. Well, on t- <laughs> I wish I could say... 
in you can't on a better note. There's no better note. There's no There isn't one. Nope. You can't move up or down from eugenics. You can only move laterally. What? And then escape, <laughs> but we're not escaping, so we can't do that to ourselves. No. Okay, so um today's my story. Yes. So in my opinion, the story that I picked is one of the most recent, widespread, and continuous miscarriages of justice. Wow. Okay. Um. So I picked hashtag Me Too. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's delighted to hear that. I can't wait. Um. Okay. So I I knew a lot of this, but there was yeah. some stuff that I learned. And I actually was considering doing hashtag me too for my fourth wave presentation. I remember you saying that. And then yep. I actually was like, this is much better for my true crime because it actually involves crime crime and justice. Okay. Um, so then I switched. But uh, so I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this know what it is. Yeah. But how interesting to learn the history and some accompanying information about it so okay i'm ready it all starts in 1996 okay tarana burke yes was working as a director at a youth camp Mm -hmm. after a bonding session a young girl at the camp came up to her did you say bonding yes okay that's like what she refers to it in the statement that she makes about this okay it's like it was just like a like an a girls only peer time where yeah. they kind of like shared stuff and right. you know those are always camp stuff. so healthy yeah. manufactured bonding time right. mm-hmm. okay and uh so after this bonding session a young girl at the camp came to her and divulged that sexual abuse was happening to her inside her home um, after an intolerable five minutes, Burke was unable to hear any more devastation, and she directed the girl toward another counselor who could, quote, help her better. Okay. She said, I will never forget the look because I think about her all the time. The shock of being rejected, the pain of opening a wound only to have it abruptly forced closed again. It was all in her face. And as much as I love children, as much as I cared about that child, I could not find the courage that she had found. I could not muster the energy to tell her that I understood, that I connected, that I could feel her pain. I couldn't help her release her shame or impress upon her nothing that had happened to her was her fault. I could not find the strength to say out loud the words that were ringing in my head over and over again as she tried to tell me what she had endured. I watched her walk away from me as she tried to recapture her secrets and tuck them back into their hiding place. I watched her put her mask back on and go back into the world like she was all alone. And I couldn't even bring myself to whisper. Me too. Oh, okay. So that's where, okay. Yeah. So she basically, um, Mm -hmm. Tarana Burke in 2006, more officially, launched the official me too grassroots community movement okay um that was meant to promote awareness and offer community support to african-american victims of sexual assault oh okay um and this was she so 90 from 96 to 2006 she spent that whole time 
working with this population of people. Okay. Um, And then that's what, um, but she credits that moment, like this little girl telling her this stuff and her basically shutting her down Mm. as like the moment she realized that like that was, there was a problem and rightfully so she felt like she did not handle that. I, you know, if she had a second chance, I'm sure she would handle that differently. Right. Um, so their current website says in those early years, we developed our vision to bring resources, support and pathways to healing where none existed before. And we got to work building a community of advocates determined to interrupt sexual violence wherever it happens. Um, she continued this work in 2014 at the March Against Rape Culture in Philadelphia. She said, as a community, we provide a lot of space for fighting and pushing back, but not enough for connecting and healing. It's a long and varied process for everyone, and each and every one of us has a different entry point onto the journey to heal from our experiences. But the one thing we have in common is the ability at some point in our journey to reach back and create an entry point for another woman. Mm. some of us start telling some of us start by telling our stories for those who are ready and able standing up and saying me too can be a deeply cathartic experience Hmm. and then in a more recent uh, basically i'm just trying to give you an idea for what tarana's right mentality around me too is and what her sort of ideals were for it right so more recently in uh an open letter to sexual assault victims published by Marie Claire. She said with me too, my greatest hope is that people will understand that this is about healing in action. This is about the people who've said me too and ensuring that no one else has to come forward and say me too in the future. We built this movement on the backs of survivors of people who have suffered these indignities and had their humanity snatched away from them. But in order for us to stand on the front line, to testify before legislators, to tell our stories, we need to heal. And in order to heal, we must have the capacity to hope Mm. that the work to end sexual violence is possible. So. Wow. That's a creed. Yes. Okay. So she definitely um, is an activist. Mm -hmm. She has worked with this population and Me Too has been her mantra for a very long time. And it's all been very quiet. Um, and unknown she's just been totally a regular person doing this stuff yeah um and not had you know like in 2014 she spoke at the march against rape culture um but this was she's not a famous person right well she wasn't right um and then um on october 15th 2017 everything changed yeah, it did. <laughs> I remember. For Tirana and for I remember everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh Lisa Milano, who is a celebrity that some of you probably know, some of you may not, but um she was a television actress. Well, not just a television actress, but anyway. She uh tweeted a little graphic that said, Me too, suggested by a friend if all the women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote me too as a status we might give people a sense of the magnitude of the problem Mm. along with that little graphic she tweeted if you've been sexually harassed or assaulted write me too as a reply to this tweet the power of social media yes 
Mm-hmm. In less than 24 hours, Facebook reported more than 12 million posts, comments, and reactions in association with Me Too. According, and they said more than 45% of people in the United States are friends with someone who posted a message with the words Me Too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within 48 hours, the uh, hashtag, the Me Too hashtag had been used 825,000 times on Twitter. Wow. Within 48 hours. Wow. Um, so the reason, so a little backstory Earlier that month, earlier in October 2017, multiple women um, produced, actual two women produced credible accusations of rape and sexual assault uh, at the hands of Harvey Weinstein, an established and very famous, very uh, involved and well-known Hollywood producer. Um, In the days that followed, more and more women came out. Eventually, more than 80 women accused Weinstein of sexual harassment, assault, or rape. 18 of those allegations are rape allegations. Um, And furthermore, a group of actresses collected over 100 firsthand instances of alleged sexual abuse, harassment, or rape. He's a monster, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) um, And I'm not talking about... uh, While I say allegations, I say that because I'm referencing the entirety of everything that he was accused of right but he's definitely in prison he's been he was convicted of like the vast majority yes, he's been convicted well and then he even basically kind of gave a weird apology for it where that he was yeah, like oh, that's my, right he was basically like my actions were unacceptable but so he um you know what creeps me out about that about him is there's no way he's the only one. Oh no 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 and that means that people know no well and that's what i uh, i want to take a break in the middle of my the story of me too to basically just talk about like like okay so multiple people knew it was happening yeah it was industry especially just specifically if you just want to talk about weinstein yeah quentin tarantino full-on admitted he knew that it was happening and he did not do what he could have done to stop it Right. Um, many of the victims, namely Ashley Judd, um, who we'll get to that, uh, mm. told people about it and she said she wouldn't stop reporting it. Um, it was industry knowledge. Um, yeah. And <sighs> it irritates me so much. Uh, in my notes, I just went like on this little rant um, because <sighs> so basically... I'm like having this thought while I'm putting all this together and I'm just like Hollywood is the one that has created a system of oppression, Mm -hmm. you know, like the Hollywood, the media that informs our culture so deeply. So they promote uh, underage sexuality and they show and imply and infer all kinds of perversity. And then when the cameras turn off, they, celebrate it um and engage in it freely yeah um and i just kind of want to say like forget forget the patriarchy yeah <laughs> like, Ho- hollywood knows these things are happening their sexual ethic is non-existent they say nothing and then they teach you that this is all about the systemic abuse of women in the workplace Right. When they make money off of exploiting women. Right. Like they created that 
and, system. And they've normalized a system where sexuality in and of itself is totally subjective. Whatever right. you're into, you're into. Right. You should you should promote, you should be celebrated for your sexuality. Right. right. Um, the only time they want to call it out mm-hmm. is when it's an old white man. Mm-hmm. Um, they protect predators. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <laughs> like, I sent you this, but I wrote this in my notes. And I said, in all caps, is it obvious to anyone else that a system that protects predators would also tell you to hashtag your assault instead of going to the police. Right. Like, this is going to... I didn't... You know, when she said, like, that there's something cathartic about it, uh, I feel like it can only be cathartic if you just want other people to know. Right. But, like, if you want justice, you're going to pursue something different. Which means we've redefined justice. Which, of course, can't be done because justice is objective. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just, it's a serious problem. Um, and I'm, I mean, so Milano said the, the reason why Alyssa Milano tweeted it is because she was basically tired of the weeks of focusing on this perpetrator. And she wanted to focus on victims and hear their names and stories right. and see their faces instead of everyone talking about Weinstein all the time. Um, and then, of course, she came out with her own harassment allegations against Weinstein, though that was not the assault she was referring to mm. when she commented me to. In fact, she came out later on to describe her assault mm. um, p- very publicly mm. in front of everyone. Um, and it was allegedly... Uh, she was attacked by on camera during a sex scene mm. by a well-known actor who she refuses to name. Her assault is on camera. She said, he violated me on set with cameras rolling. Mm. She continued adding that she ran hysterically to her trailer. I was crying and afraid and furious and the director of the movie in the moment when I had just been sexually assaulted, confronted me with, I'm sorry, I don't know what you want me to do about it. Should I call the police? At the time, Milano felt that the entire future of this movie was on her shoulders. She felt trapped and completely alone and unsupported by the leadership of the production. He offered to call the police, but she was not being supported. Right. She continued, ultimately, I felt pressured into going back onto set and for another six hours continuing to shoot the scene with the man who had just assaulted me. You know, so I'm not trying to hate on Melissa Milano, but I think, I think it is obvious that we are this situation. What we're looking at is a bunch of women that needed to be protected that weren't protected or turned down protection mm-hmm. and women that, that felt they felt be- due to the nature of the crime that was convi- that was committed against them, they felt guilty when they weren't guilty. Well, and it should have been a crime for her to be simulating sex on camera anyway. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean with Hollywood. It's like, and you know why she was doing that? For money. Because she was a child star. Oh. 
She was a child star. And so when she became an adult and she wanted people to take her seriously in the industry, you know what the industry required of her? To take movies with nudity and sex scenes. Right. Otherwise, everyone would see her as a kid for the rest of her life. Well, what bothers me is that the same people that want to talk about women's moral agency will look at situations like this. And if you try to point out that she had an obligation to protect herself and not engage right. in the extremely unethical, dangerous thing she was doing, right. which was obviously harmful to her. Um, they'll be like, oh, you're victim blaming. But it's but, like, no, no, no. Right. She should not have been willing to get naked or semi-naked for money. That's not something that she should have done. And right. we've and the thing is, is like they talk about it in frames of like women's empowerment. It's the kind of but, equality we've demanded, but it's causing problems. Well, do you remember a couple years ago? I remember it being all over the news. Some chick in I don't know, Game of Thrones, one of those horrible shows, uh was talking about the horrible trauma and regret Mm -hmm. that she felt from doing just that, from undressing in front of the cameras, and that she felt really uncomfortable, that she regretted it, that it was horrible. Um, These women aren't having a great time. They are doing it for the money. And And they... the perception of getting ahead uh, the right. perception of career success professional right. success but this is not the kind of success you should want to engage in i understand that it is success by some people's standards but if you are a woman seeking like moral agency and freedom like this is not a situation that you should put yourself in i'm not saying it's Alyssa milano's fault right that someone treated her that way but victim blaming would be us saying that it was her fault that she that the actions of that man were her fault right i'm not saying saying his actions were her fault i'm saying her actions were her fault right you're responsible for your act sometimes your foolishness even if you even if you get to a level where it's not even sin and i'm not saying that being naked in front of a camera is not sin but i'm saying There are there are moments where yeah. you're not sinning, yeah. but you're being a fool. Yeah. And well, you're you are in- responsible for the consequences of your foolishness. Right. And it's like, I don't know what the guy did. And I don't need to like prosecute whether he's guilty or not. Right. What I'm saying is like, it would, of course, you, how could you be comfortable in that position? Right. How, what could he have done in right. this sinful position that would have made you feel really good about it. Right. And if there are women who feel good about it, their consciences are completely seared. Right. Like that's just. Right. Oh, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, I, she's still, she's told this story multiple times. Um, it's, it's made up to be this whole, again, this whole systemic workplace issue thing. Like women can't be, women aren't safe in the workplace. She made the ben choice not to the call the police. Yes, yeah, I know. And she still won't say his name. And you know what? Even if she did say his name 25 years later, the horrible thing about that is that it would all totally be hearsay. Right. Because, because no you waited to actually a quarter of a century to right. speak up. Right. Um. So, yeah, I didn't. I obviously, of course, I did not bring the specifics of her assault up to like shame her in any way. I really do feel reading the story of the entire the entire thing i really do feel horrible for her um while at the same time believing that there is responsibility um 
Yeah. But I wanted to, I just feel like you can't have this conversation without having the conversation about how half Hollywood is hashtagging me too while Hollywood perpetuates and protects sexual abusers. Like, right. Well, and it's like these women are, some of them are complicit in, there would be no inappropriate sex scenes if men and women weren't willing to participate. Well, and then there, there, it wouldn't exist. And I've been seeing every time I get on social media, people are someone somewhere is talking about this show that's popular right now where it's full right. of inappropriate sex scenes that are supposedly happening between high schoolers. And um, some people yeah. mm-hmm. are sounding, some people are sounding the alarm and saying like, don't you guys think it's inappropriate? I guess, I mean, I don't watch the show, but I guess some people are, I guess no one in the show is actually underage, but they're all pretending right, to right. be. The 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 issue people are having is they're all pretending to be underage yeah, children. That's what Hollywood has been doing for decades. Right. And so that's exactly what I'm saying is like there would be no inappropriate uh, underage, quote unquote, children being portrayed as engaging in sex acts if these adults weren't willing to. To, to do be, this right, to, to film this to be children doing that stuff yeah so right. you guys are complicit in all of it yeah, they're totally perpetuating it all. yeah mm-hmm. and then they're telling you that it's ever, don't, that it's white don't, that it's the patriarchy you'll feel bad <laughs> you'll feel bad if everyone knows that this happened to you yeah so don't tell anyone right until you're ready right when justice can actually be brought Yep. Because there's its own special brand of Me Too justice, which is not justice at all. Right. Okay. So I had to have that conversation about Hollywood, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so Burke, Tarana Burke. Yeah. She woke up October 15th, 2017, the day of the tweet. <clears throat> and she had messages from like her friends and family, people who knew her. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. she was concerned with victims, uh, quote, disclosing their status as survivors and mass on social media and not having a space to process. And what quote, does that mean? Because she believed all about this, like safe space, the space of empathy and gentleness where you can feel oh, seen her and creed. protected. Yes, right. The yes. steps and the goal. So and, she yeah. was concerned that a bunch of women would come out with this and be receive like unsupportive feedback and that that would hurt them. And then she was also concerned with survivors coming on to social media and being bombarded with messages of me too, like being people who weren't ready to come forward with their message being basically forced to contend with what happened this is to the toxic matriarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like why does she get to decide that for everybody else? Right. Well, <laughs> she also had this to say to her friend who called her. <laughs> This can't happen, I said through my tears. Not like this. Y'all know if these white women start using this hashtag and it gets popular, they will never believe that a black woman in her 40s from the Bronx has been building a movement for the same purposes, using those exact same words for years now. It will all be over. Okay, so she needed to protect herself from her movement being not credited to her. (laughs) So as unflattering as that statement is, the friend she was speaking to um, rather bluntly told her to get it together 
and that the work, all that she'd been working for was happening before her eyes. So basically, get yeah, yourself. be excited. Um, if this is what you said you wanted. Right. So uh, Burke did not know that Melissa, that Melissa, Alyssa, Melissa, I'm okay. Well, Alyssa <laughs> Milano mm-hmm. had been the start of it all. The following day, Milano issued a tweet giving credit to Burke for creating Me Too and linking her organization after being yelled at by Rose McGowan, mm, our favorite right. yep, who was a former co-star and also a victim of Weinstein. Yep. Um, for stealing Me Too. Hashtag Me Too. Right. So Burke watched her work go viral. She read stories and her hesitation kind of turned to like this touching moment where she saw her work growing doing its thing yeah she said it was clear that all the folks who were using the hash the the me too hashtag and all the hollywood actors who came forward with their allegations needed the same thing that the little black girls in selma needed space to be seen and heard they needed empathy and compassion and a path to healing i wanted to be a part of making sure that they had what they needed um and then later that year uh <laughs> The Me Too movement was na- was named Time Magazine's 2017 Person of the Year. <laughs> we don't know what people are anymore. <laughs> it's really a loose definition. So it's fine. That's fine. Um, so <clears throat> the cover of the issue include, uh, includes a day laborer under a pseudonym, a lobbyist, a former engineer for Uber, Taylor Swift, and Ashley Judd, who That's I right. mentioned earlier. Yep. Um, in the digital article, The Silence Breakers, which is what the article is called, many more pictures are included of all types of women, lots of famous women you'd recognize, different ages, body types, even one anonymous woman. The picture is literally at the back of her head and one man. Um, I will go ahead and say that he did not appear to be, I don't know what the proper term is, heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> We're so dealing, I don't know okay. if he was like... I don't Mm -hmm. know if they're counting him as a woman. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So major themes in the article include, there wasn't a place for us to report these experiences, said Ashley Judd, who said, she said she told, she told everyone in the industry what he was doing. Yeah. They don't care. He had a lot of power and money and control and, I mean, we know that women, people knew what he was doing, which means that many of the women who knew what he was going to require of them went anyway, knowing what he was going to require. I'm not saying all of them did because I don't know that. But because no one denies that everyone knew, that means that... You probably knew. There's a good chance that you knew what you were going to have to do if you wanted to be on his good side. You at least knew that what would potentially be involved. Mm -hmm. But that seems to be. So that is a theme throughout the entire article, though, which is that women do not have a place and they do not have anyone to report their experience to. Right. Um, Another theme is unifying terms like sexual harassment abuse and rape they're of course related but they are not the same a person who is propositioned in her workplace Mm. is not the same as a person 
who was, of course, raped or even forcibly kissed. Mm-hmm. Like those are all three of those things are not the, the same. same thing. And when you yeah. share when you just throw all the stories into one big pot, mm-hmm. it conflates. Mm-hmm. It, it conflates legitimate actual, abuse. Right. Right. And then, of course, there are things that are horrid and totally not OK. Mm-hmm. But not all those things are prosecuted by law. Right. So um, it just creates it it creates a lot of subjectivity. Right. Um, so uh, it also conflates. I was going to say they conflate stories proven in a court of law with alleged uncorroborated stories. Um, like, for instance, like it's so interesting. Taylor Swift was on the cover Mm-hmm. And her whole story is in there. Mm-hmm. The first thing Taylor Swift did when mm-hmm. she was groped by that guy mm-hmm. um, was tell her manager mm-hmm. she took the man to court mm-hmm. and he lost. Mm-hmm. Right. She immediately she pursued, cried out yeah. and pursued justice. Yeah. And that that story is in a bunch of stories where people didn't t- say anything for decades. Yeah. Um. Okay. Another theme in the article is fear it create it basically follows a narrative that so nearly all the people time interviewed about their experiences expressing expressed a crushing fear of what would happen to them personally to their families or to their jobs if they spoke up so i think that um this is an interesting thing and it's not all that pleasant to talk about um but uh the world is full of very unpleasant things and uh, you can be the full, sometimes the sole recipient of the consequences of another person's actions. Mm-hmm. And you are still required to do the right thing. Yeah, that is a difficult part of the conversation yeah. that people don't want to address, which is just that when you are put, when someone has sinned against you, not dealing with it is not a good option. Right. We shouldn't offer not dealing with it as a possible good option because it turns out that people who haven't dealt with it regret it decades later. Right. Like, why are we encouraging people to regret not pursuing justice and be full of regret for decades? Especially when we, what do we have here? An enormous case study of what happens when you don't say anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think that it lets other people become victims. Right. Right. Now, sometimes you do cry out and, and the yeah. person doesn't receive what they right. ought. Right. Which is when we trust the Lord to the Lord makes everything right at the right. end of time. Yes. Um, that's why we can live in a world where you can. It's painful, but you right. you will often have to deal with the fact that your justice, it will not be immediate. Sometimes your justice is delayed, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue it because I think ultimately it just ends up hurting you and leaving other people to become victims. Right. Like you right. have to face the pain. It's like, it's again, choose your hard, right? Right. Like in every situation that you're in, you have to choose your hard. It's hard to pursue it can be difficult to pursue justice it's hard to be sinned against it's hard to speak up um is that harder than sitting around for decades regretting not saying anything and then decades later trying to pursue justice when it's really really difficult to do Mm -hmm. which hard path is better 
And I would say the hard path that's better is the one that God prescribes, obviously, which is you always should cry out right. and you should pursue justice. Um, that Yeah, that just seems like it does. It's I know a lot of people think they sound really loving when they're like, right. well, sometimes victims aren't ready to speak up. Give them time. But that's not loving. It's not loving them. It's it's putting it's saddling them with a burden that we should want to deal with quickly. Right. Yeah, it's well, and it's in a weird way. It 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 gives them responsibility over this event that they are innocent in. Yeah, it's totally it's a weird pseudo justice that does the opposite thing. Yeah, that's what sin does a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, um, another theme that I saw, and really the last theme I noticed in the article is a desire to protect certain people. Mm. The quote, those who are most vulnerable in society, immigrants, people of color, people with disabilities, low income workers and LGBTQ people described many times of dread. They raise their voices. Would they be fired? Would their communities turn against them? Again, there's that fear. This article actually propagates fear. It actually is teaching you so Something bad will happen if you speak Hollywood up. Hollywood created a system where they protected perpetrators. And then Hollywood is also telling you that something bad will happen if you call the police or mm-hmm. and you and you say something. Mm-hmm. What's, what if we what's told worse, people, though? What's worse, though, that pretend ambiguous something bad might happen or sitting with this quietly forever? Right. Well, other people well, it's potentially happening to other people. Right. Um. So and then they then they talk about transgender equality. Forty seven percent of transgender people report being sexually assaulted at some point in their lives, both in and out of the workplace. Um, Burke said, Burke also said at first, those speaking out were mostly from the worlds of media and entertainment. But the hashtag quickly spread. We have to keep our focus on people of different class, race and gender. Um, and then, of course, you have this uh, in terms of protecting certain people, you have believe all women, mm. um, which is that every single person that, per- that reports anything, it happened. It happened exactly the way they said. Um, and, uh, and then that leads <laughs> to another, to not protecting certain people. <laughs> A huge theme in this article. He got basically his own section in this article is former President Trump. Oh, of course. Um, so complains about Trump's behavior. Obviously, I don't have much to say. They gave him a whole section. Um, and of course, they spoke about that infamous, horrible audio that was leaked of Trump saying all that gross stuff, which I think is horrible. So I don't have much to say other than that I have not seen many articles like this about President Biden. Um, anyway, moving on. Mm. Um, so all I'm trying to say is that... Um, me too clearly has a narrative that they're committed to they're not neutral um okay so basically since me too since weinstein and me too uh workplace sensitivity and sexual harassment has increased uh or like uh sexual harassment litigation has increased in the workplace lots of legislation and sensitivity training um companies are increasing their insurance to deal with legal issues surrounding the topic um, and the conclusion at this point is that 
According to Time, the sexual harassment is hard to define and hard to fight. Mm. And I said, does this have anything to do with the totally arbitrary boundary we've created around sexuality? (sighs) The basic idea is that all these people uh, experiencing what we discussed above had no title to congregate under and Me Too gave them a space to exist. They even compared, like, I guess, rape culture. Um, It's compared to the Betty Friedan's problem with no name. Wow. Yeah. Okay. In the article. Okay. So anyway, um, the movement quickly moved on from Weinstein. We've since seen many, many higher ups leave their illustrious jobs, politicians, celebrities getting canceled, scrubbed from movies, scrubbed from Netflix, a flurry of alleged sexual harassment, assault or rape claims on social media. And basically Me Too just undeniably changed everything. So um, basically. Yes, it did. Yes. Um, to conclude me too I just want to be super clear about this this is like a topic that I just take very seriously so I want to be very clear about my um, conclusions mm-hmm. from this story mm-hmm. so me too conflates the issues I have with me too me too conflates sexual harassment with assault yeah, which can be two very different things Mm-hmm. feminism believes anything unsavory against women represents an issue with society mm. god though uh god though he does not look favorably on assault or crude behavior and certainly not men um behaving certain ways towards women mm-hmm. um there are very clear distinctions made yeah. between those two things there are different punishments right and yeah exactly as there <laughs> ought to be yes um, the most recent, I was going to say, I was looking into this and the most recent, as they refer to it as me too law, um, was signed on March 3rd Wow! and we're record- recording this on the 11th. So wow. very recently, yeah, the bill invalidates arbitration agreements that preclude a party from filing a lawsuit in court involving sexual assault or harassment at the election of the party alleging such conduct. So basically like people who report sexual assault or harassment can like they can't be told that it has to be settled in arbitration. They can go to, you can't keep them from going to the court. Um, well, you shouldn't be able to keep them from going for, to court, but the law says you can't even tell them that they can deal with it in arbitration. No, it just said, it just says uh, you, you can deal with it in arbitration, oh, okay. but you can't like have any, you can't have any like corporate policy saying that like they're kept from from actually uh why am i blinking prosecuting yeah like bringing a lawsuit okay um so uh our gut instinct when hearing that is to applaud which may be a partial applause but keep in mind we're dealing with allegations Mm. so we're dealing with situations of things we do not yet know to be true Mm -hmm. and harassment and by this i mean actions that absolutely deserve professional consequences but not necessarily legal ones there's a difference between a professional consequence and a legal consequence and don't get me wrong there's a lot of types of sexual harassment that i think do have legal consequences but um a lot of times people people tried um people like there's been instances of people blowing up cases 
that are not corroborated. And the reason they did it is because now they know that they don't actually need legal justice. They just need justice in the court of public opinion. Yeah. So I do understand. Yep. I don't think it's good to keep real true events Mm -hmm. secretive, Mm -hmm. but I understand protecting until you know that someone is guilty. Yeah. Protecting their reputation. If it doesn't need to be. uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but Me Too does not care about that. Let me just not be clear. All. They do not care about your reputation no. at all. Um, so, um, and then I do also believe that in the instance of lawbreaking, you should report crimes to the proper authorities. So I'm not saying this law doesn't protect anyone, but why are victims going to HR and not the police when they are assaulted? Yeah. And why are they suing perpetrators? Right. Why is the thought, right. I'm going to take you to civil court. Right. Like, why isn't there any criminal element involved here? If right. it's actually, if it's punishable, <laughs> criminally, then it should be punished. Right. Then it should be punished criminally, not yeah. civilly. Right. Because um, essentially you're just making them pay. Right. You're just getting revenge. Right. Yeah. Give me money. Right. You upset me, give me money. Yes. But that shouldn't be, that is gross. Right. That doesn't actually make the victim whole. No. Um. So, which leads me to my next point, which is, the other second problem I have with Me Too is it encourages women to cry out in a way that does not make them whole. Yeah. We believe that awareness, as I say we as a culture, we believe that awareness via social media is our tool against an unjust system. Mm-hmm. The justice system is corrupt, created by men, does not believe women, and issues, and issues short <laughs> sentences or even only probation to rich white men. Social media and awareness are tools to expedite justice. Do not go to the justice system. It will fail you. Take matters into your own hands. Yeah. The real issue here is that you can't expedite justice. You can only circumvent it. Right. I do believe we've made a real mess out of our justice system. And an incalculable amount of people have been left broken by our justice system. But the law is not a social construct. People who hate God believe it is. Because they cannot create inhabitable systems that acknowledge God. All creation groans, though, so the joke's on you. Um, Right. But you cannot deconstruct justice. Right. No, you You either make a victim whole or you don't. There isn't a pretend version of that. Right. So encouraging women to find justice by keeping assault secret for many years or, all caps, for any amount of time that allows actual evidence to degrade or disappear is circumventing God's plan for wholeness. Mm -hmm. The law may be broken and not all crimes are solved. And many, many laws are born out of pragmatism, which creates a lot of subjectivity in our law. But God is very clear on the particular sin of sexual assault. So there's no guesswork on this one. No. He says, you are innocent. Cry out, receive justice in front of, in a trial. Yeah. Um, ultimately, number three, you, it cannot offer you what it promises. This is my big one. Yeah. Crying out does not empower or remove shame. God says the victim of sexual assault is without shame. So there is no removal of it. Right. You can't remove something that isn't there in the first place. If you feel that it's there, then you're believing a lie. Right. Yes. So stop believing the right. lie. Yeah. It teaches women to embrace their feelings of shame in order to work through them and eventually find freedom through processing emotions. Also to rely on themselves, your courage, your yeah. and the strength of other women around you. 
when a woman who is a victim of sexual assault embraces shame, she's not telling herself the truth, like you said. Yeah. When a victim relies on her own strength and courage, she will only find false peace. The truth is she is not guilty. When someone is violated, they need a variety of support. Mm -hmm. And generally, of course, time, sometimes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But God's provision of vi for victims is justice. Right. Which is found through the law. Yep. This is how God says that victims are made whole, whether we perceive that it's working or not. Yeah. And so basically, I just said, like, I mean, the, what's the takeaway? <laughs> um, trust God. Have faith yeah. that justice is always served. Mm -hmm. um, don't participate or engage in false justice systems. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Of course, I always feel like I have to say this. I kind of wish I didn't say it, have to say it because it's not a great way to end things. But um, when we talk about this stuff, it's not it's not pleasant. But if you are assaulted, you should cry out quickly. You're innocent. You're violated in a way that God takes seriously. And you can provide evidence. Yeah. To bring right. justice. If you act and I know quickly, it's hard, it's and I hard. know that it's very hard. Yeah. Hence the support. Yeah. Um, I do not recommend doing it alone or secretly. No. And, uh, but that is how, if wholeness is done through justice, as hard as it it is to say, and as hard as it is to hear, if if God's prescription for this type of crime was actually the death penalty. Right. Um, and the reason that he does that is because that means that the removal of that person's life is the necessary thing to make the victim whole. Right. So in order, the one way for you to increase the amount of sexual predators being caught mm -hmm. doing what they're doing mm -hmm. is to be able to provide evidence. Yeah. And it's very difficult and it's very hard, but... Um, the person that actually has evidence is the victim. Right. And um, it's not, no one here at this table is pretending this is like pleasant at all. Right. <laughs> it's not pleasant. <coughs> it's just not, it's not. Yeah. Um, and it, and I understand because this is what I'm saying right now is why Me Too exists mm. because it's too hard of a truth because it's so painful. Right. We, we feel like it's nicer and better right. to say you don't have to go through it if you don't want to. Right. That's not, that's not my message. Yeah. Um, you should go through it. Yeah. Um, not alone. No. At all. No. Um, you can't pretend it's not there. Mm -hmm. It is there. Yeah. Um, and again, I know that it's very difficult and especially the way that this kind of thing the specific way that this violates a person makes it very difficult to participate in evidence. Yeah. Um, but it is actually like me too is lying to you. They are the ones mm -hmm. that actually hate your wholeness. Yeah. They are not being a good friend to you. Mm -mm. They're unwilling to say to you, I know this is hard, but this is what you should do. What yeah. they're saying to you is, Whatever you're feeling, just do that. Right. And you can't, there's no, posting something on social media is, is easy. 
comparatively right. to actually the pursuit of justice, which can be difficult. Especially after an amount of time where you can't even pursue justice. Right. And, you know, I think we should learn from, there are so many women who want, who, who do speak up through Me Too, through social media. And they are angry that justice right. was not received. Right. And you should learn from that. Again, choose your heart. You, you have to choose your heart. Right. And the thing is, is I would say this is something that you need to talk to your kids about. Like your kids need to know that you are a, that your kids need to know that you're a just judge that can be spoken to. They need to know mom and dad are not going to be angry with you when you tell me something that someone has done to you. You know, the whole culture of like, don't be a tattletale is not. That was one of the primary motivators of Toronto Burke's silence of her own. Don't be a tattletale. Yeah. Is that she felt like Mm -hmm. she had been, she felt like she did something wrong. Right. And then she, her stepfather at the time like ran with a group of guys that would like hurt people. And she was like, I didn't want to tell anger him yeah. and make him like go out and kill yeah. this guy that did this to me. Yeah. I will never tell my kids don't be a tattletale. I want them to know they can tell me things. Right. Of course, you know, when we're talking about interpersonal conflict, um, I hope my kids, you know, we kind of go through Matthew 18, like if somebody is bothering you, but when it's right. something serious, when my kids are upset, I need them to know that they can come to me mm-hmm. and that I'm not just going to be like, don't tell on so-and-so. Like, right. I think that's a really unhelpful, but they need to know when they do come and tell on you that you are a just, that you will be just, that you will be protective, that you will protect them from the thing that they're asking for. They need to know that because if they don't, when these situations happen, it's going to make it that much harder Mm -hmm. for them to say something to you because it's already difficult enough to say. And I do think kids have a natural, I don't want to get someone in trouble feeling. Well, and many of them are threatened to not say anything. So they have to know that you are just and will take action. And so you have to start practicing that like today when it comes to your kids and you have to have these conversations with them like uh, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. They need to know that this is stuff that you can come talk to me about. And, you know, however you want to talk to it, your kids about it is however you want to talk about it. Um, and what's difficult in talking about me, too, is you just you might upset everybody because on the one hand, what we're saying is this is how sexual assault should be dealt with. And it's a very serious matter. But on the other hand, what you have to realize, what you have to realize, because the law of God acknowledges it too, is that false accusations, if somebody makes a false accusation, then they are to receive the punishment that the perpetrator would have received if the accusation was true. Right. That's how seriously God takes it. We don't take it that seriously. We just say... Believe all women, if you hear, and we, we hear accusations and we're done. Like that's literally, that literally happens on Twitter every single day. In that Time Magazine article, they talked about Anita Hill, Ah. which we talked about. Yes. And her allegations were not able to be corroborated. Right. But they talked about her in this article like she... Christians are not allowed to accept an accusation without two or three witnesses. And I don't, that's not heartless. That's what Jesus himself requires of us. And 
why can Christians live with that? Knowing that that means that occasionally someone's going to get away with it. Right. Why do, why can you be okay with that? Because we don't believe anyone gets away with anything. Right. That's the only reason right. that you can live knowing. And don't we all have to live with this every day? Aren't all of us sinned against in some way every day in small little inconsequential ways that we have to just brush off and know like the Lord is going to handle right. it. I know this is a bigger one. This is right. a much more difficult one, yeah. but you are to pursue justice and you're to pursue. And that's the thing is that if you wait five years, 10 years, 15 years, it's going to become more and more difficult to actually receive the stories justice muddier. Their evidence, literal evidence is washed away. Yes. This is an instance where your particip- your immediate crying out and your immediate participation has to happen. It assists. Because otherwise injustice. the position you 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 might be putting people in is they just have to take your word. Right. And that's not fair. Right. And it's not fair to other people that they just have to take your word because then it becomes your word against someone else's word. And what position are you putting everyone in? You're putting everyone in a really difficult position that doesn't help you it doesn't get justice it doesn't punish (laughs) the guilty it doesn't make you whole right um and then i saw this this is super (laughs) pertinent to this discussion but uh we are supposed to be slow to believing accusations we're actually called to be right proverbs says the one who states his case first seems right until another comes and examines him right Like the wisdom there is that you can't just hear an accusation and go, oh, this is true. Right. And now we're not saying you go individually message everyone who (laughs) said me too on your your Facebook friends and be like, I don't believe you. That didn't really happen. (laughs) Right. That's not what that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that you have to be measured in your response to things. Um. And what I what I would hope is that every single one of us has probably been falsely accused of something. Wouldn't you appreciate it if your friends or the people around you like actually had to see evidence before they accepted everything you've been accused right. of? Well, Me Too has created it has created this crime to be above. It's a super crime. Right. Which means it it's needs, above witness. It means it needs to be handled differently, right? Which means you need to believe, no matter what, no matter what, right? And that's just wicked. That is wicked. It's absolutely wicked. Yeah, because that you know what that actually means for those of you that are all upset. What it means is that someone can throw their lie into the pot with an actual pain, mm-hmm. with an actual event mm-hmm. that devastated someone. Mm-hmm. that br- that hurt them mm-hmm. and you can just toss your lie mm-hmm. into the pot with it mm-hmm. and it becomes true right because it sounds similar we need to be concerned with what's true and what's not and yeah. what's actually happened versus what yeah. hasn't happened yeah um the laws these new laws scare me because they they're being sold as something that's going to help but there are ways that these laws are going to be abused that is going there to increase. Are. Yeah, it's going to increase. I mean, how you get on the Internet every day, you can read a story about somebody who was wrongfully imprisoned because he was accused 
of rape, assault, whatever, and was put in jail for years and years or and years. Like people, like a lot of some of what the the article actually even <laughs> discussed this, but the Time Magazine article, but it was like it was basically saying like like people are struggling to even know what to say to each other in the workplace. Right. Like, can I say, can I tell my coworker that she looks nice? Right. Am I going to be accused of sexual right. harassment? Yes. Yeah. And has this person like, maybe they don't like me. Maybe they've built up a case against me. Maybe they, yeah. And they like in their head, they think I've done all these things, but I haven't yeah. done them or you just have to acknowledge or I'm sorry, but propositioning someone in the workplace, right. In a world where, everyone's hooking up with everyone right like right of course there's like (laughs) there's definable differences between like being gross and right i mean it's all gross but like i'm just saying in (laughs) how weird to 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 try to create this weird extra yeah extra um morality surrounding an area that we are the most broken in right that's what i was saying is you you have to acknowledge that the culture right now that exists there's such a fervor around me too that supposedly is trying to live alongside a culture where anything goes right where the lines there are no lines where we are all the same and tomorrow i might have different pronouns than i have today you know like these two things can't coexist and you have to acknowledge if you're someone who's like actively fighting, like how can we make better laws against sexual assault and sexual abuse and Mm -hmm. things like that? You have to acknowledge that me too has brought a lot of baggage into the conversation that isn't helpful. And this is what I mean is that when you make accusations, the basis for whether or not someone is guilty, uh, you've brought baggage into the conversation that makes dealing with actual abuse just more difficult. Well, because right next to the verse that talks about sexual assault in the Bible, the crying out and everything is a verse about adultery, which also receives the same punishment. Right. Um, And that in in that case law, it's referring to a man and woman who are not married consensually Mm -hmm. having sex. Mm -hmm. So, while I agree mm-hmm. that there's a lot of reform that needs to be done, mm-hmm. I don't think that adding a bunch of arbitrary subjective laws about sexuality are going to help anything. No. Nope. Not at all. Yep. The law of God is good, actually. <laughs> right. And what we are pursuing right now is a really messed up idea of quote unquote justice. Right. Yes. Well, so I have a thing to that kind of actually relates to what we were just talking about, but okay. it is, it's like a nice way to end this. Maybe oh, instead of we can like, change the topic because I'm just being sad. <laughs> so um, I think we have talked about this person on the show before. Okay. Um, and it's funny because something you just said a few minutes ago, I was like, oh, this will tie in just perfectly. Perfect. I saw a very truly wonderful Facebook status that got almost no attention. Oh no. This week. Um, like, and I don't, I've never done this before in my life. I've never thought, Hey, I should share, I should share this. Right. But, um, so our friend, uh, drew Reynolds. Yes. He, um, (laughs) there's like no interaction on it, but, um, he wrote, (laughs) you have to stop 
mentioning that. No, <laughs> Poor I'm just, Drew. I'm no, just I'm just saying there should be. There yeah. should be. It deserves. We're changing that now. It deserves um, a lot. It does. It's really a wonderful thing that he said. One of the most wonderful things I've seen recently on the internet. Okay. Uh, two days ago, he said, "What was the thing that damaged my relationship with God and others the most when I was a teenager, and that ruined my heart the very most during that time?" It wasn't that I didn't know enough theology or enough arguments for the truth of Christianity. It was unconfessed sin that I hid from others, from my parents and brothers in Christ. That is the thing I regret more than anything during my teenage years. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Yeah, I thought that was great. Confession. And I was just, I was like, not, Mm -hmm. I mean, even if it had gotten yeah a thousand shares yeah i would have been like more people need to hear this Mm -hmm. like yeah isn't it true Mm -hmm. yeah i was thinking the other day what would the impact on our nation be if christians were not living with unconfessed sin like if we really had homes just full of people that were sensitive to their sin, like who weren't hardened to it and who were confessing and repenting, we would have, I I am convinced that we would live in a different world than we do. Uh, I think a lot of us are hardened to our sin. Uh, You know, I get, I can get really discouraged if I like fall down some like uh, mainstream Christian rabbit hole like Mm -hmm. Christians talking about their favorite worship songs. Right. right, You know, and it's like, uh, and it's all just garbage right. or heretical. And I'm just thinking like. My voice sounds really good when I sing this song. Yeah. And it's like we live in a world of Christians that don't know Christianity. Um, I think we live in a world full of Christians that confess to be Christians that really aren't. And then I think we live in a world full of Christians who are not sensitive to their sin. And you can't change your neighbor's heart if your heart is cold and stale. Right. And we would just live in a different world if we weren't living with unconfessed sin. Well, and I think that there's like a weird privacy that extends beyond the home now on social media, which like at one point in time, like if you wanted to sin freely without anyone seeing it, you could go to your home Mm -hmm. and do that there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think because of the, Mm -hmm. because of, I was going to say anonymity, but sometimes it doesn't even require anonymity. There's still, Mm -hmm. there's still like this illusion of privacy (laughs) that I don't know. We, Mm -hmm. we think we're privately sinning, but we're actually publicly sinning. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) This wasn't a lighter topic. I'm sorry. Joy. No, I just thought it was so important. <laughs> I just thought it was so important that, and he was so specific about like when he was a teenager. Mm. Like, and you just met, you have mentioned like, talk to your kids about this. Yeah. And Drew basically said, like, mm-hmm. if do you want to know, mm-hmm. do you want to know what the worst thing I did was and what the worst thing you could do is? Yeah. Hide my sin. We're just bad at it. We're yeah. bad. We're bad at it. We need we need to model it better. Yes. For each yeah. other. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Okay. You can leave if us. If you're listening to this and you need to apologize to someone and repent for your sin. I do love that the elders before we take communion every week say like, don't come take it 
if you if there's an offense between you and your brother, like go make it right, right, and then come right. take communion. Like if you have sin to confess or whatever, like I really appreciate that 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 is a culture that exists in our church, right? Of don't take communion in an unworthy way, like well, and of course taking it weekly, yeah, is a you know, it's an that Are we starting that week. topic? Okay, you that can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. I like my once a month communion. <laughs> you guys. Uh, what was that name you came up with last Tubal episode? Tubal Cain. Oh, what? Oh, Sh- 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 Shwaisley? Sh- my daughter, Swiperly. <laughs> <laughs> Why McKaylee? But it's spelled with like twenty-seven letters. <laughs> Mishwaley. Mishwaley. That was your name. It was Lee. That would have been the better name. I am taking us out of here. I hope you guys have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Ships that go sailing